0: Hey, welcome in everybody to the Eastern Division edition of Cheap Cheap Chatter. I am Joe, joined by Nick tonight. How you doing, Nick?
1: Doing great, man. How are you doing?
0: Doing well, doing well. Uh, we're going to get right into it here. The Eastern Divisions in both the AL and NL are very interesting in terms of three-team races. Uh, Baltimore over-impressed this year in the AL East. We will give them that, but now they're on a five-game losing streak. It seems like they came back down to earth. But the Yankees are on a five-game winning streak, have figured their crap out, and the Blue Jays have been a very impressive, probably one of the more impressive teams in the Eastern divisions as a whole, whether it's NL or AL. Right behind the Blue or the Rays, excuse me, at three and a half games behind them, and six and four in their last ten. So, Nick, how are you feeling about them Blue Jays?
1: You know what? I'm feeling good. Uh, at, I mean, after this Mets series, obviously facing J- Jacob deGrom, I mean that's you're not going to win that game. Um, but I believe that I believe that they're going to pull pull through pre- pretty well. Uh, they've been they're starting to hit a little better. Uh, they start they're actually manufacturing runs, not having to live off their home run ball too much. Um, and this upcoming series against the Yankees, I believe is going to be a great te- template for how well they're going to perform this postseason. Should they still make it? I mean, they're, they're projected the fifth spot. They'll face the Twins. Um, I mean you're going up first two games, Cole, Tanaka, great, great starting pitching right there. Uh the Blue Jays, I believe this is this is gonna be like the first time in a while that they face Garrett Cole. I believe they faced him once a few years ago when he was on the Astros. Um, but this is gonna be like the first time that the young core will face him in a Yankees uniform. Uh they've hit Tanaka decently. Uh over the past uh R- Randall Gritchick has four home runs off of him with the two seventy-eight batting average. But then you got guys like Guerrero and Biggio who are batting a buck 11 uh, against them and uh point zero nine one against them. So it's a mixed bag. But I mean, I'm feeling confident, I'm feeling real confident about how, how they're looking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the Blue Jays have been a team. Well, there's also something about the fiery leader of Bo Bichette when he's in your lineup and healthy. Your team, your team's doing solid with it when he's injured. But when he's in the lineup, it's a different degree. It seems uh, to me, uh, watching a little bit more from afar on MLB TV, but it definitely seems like that takes you to the next oomph, if that makes any sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. I mean, he's a guy. I mean, he's a he, he's a leader on the field. He's a leader off the field. He's a guy you're gonna stick him shortstop. He, he could there's talk of him possibly coming back to third base, could go going over to third base with his uh, leg. I mean. They could slide him over there, but I he's your shortstop and he his bat was sorely missed in the lineup, especially now that Tiasker's gone and Telez is gone. That having him back in the lineup is a huge plus.
0: Yeah. Yeah, and he's also one of the best shortstops already uh in the game as a youngster. Uh keeps impressing going forward, had no signs of slowing down. Usually you sometimes have that term sophomore slump. Well, he doesn't know what that is, obviously. So that's great to see uh, for someone like him. Also for me, because he's on my fantasy team.
2: That's always good. <laughs> so,
0: so, yeah, that worked out well. And Dansby Swanson is my other shortstop. So, two of the better shortstops in the game this year on my fantasy team. Uh, but And he's also another Eastern Division guy that's been killing it this year. And also, similar to – he's a heart and soul-type, commodity-type player of a team as well over there for the Atlanta Braves. So, uh, there's some similarities, except for Bo. I think is a more dynamic guy that can hit the homers than uh, Um But yeah, I agree. I think the uh, Blue Jays are a team that just kind of seems like they have that knack for figuring it out. Like they don't like they don't have the best pitches. Like it's not like Chase Anderson has numbers at wow you. Uh, Stripling Absolutely hasn't not. really done much. Uh, has he pitched at all for you guys yet?
1: Or is he still on he the- has. He started one game against the Red Sox. Going, I believe it was. It was either four or five innings, and he gave up like four runs. Four four, four runs. He 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 looked okay, but def, def, definitely the guy that you would if you're going to deploy the opener, probably someone that you would cons- consider opening a game for you. Um, p- piggybacking him off with a guy like I don't know, either you could have Anthony Kay come out after him, or whenever Pearson gets healthy, have him come out. He, he's just a guy that maybe. Two, two, maybe three innings max. Go out there, give you solid innings eater. Um, especially with this, uh, with the bullpen p- pitching. Last time I checked, I believe it was almost as mu- as many innings. I believe they're like one or two innings shy of their starting rotation this season. So the tax bullpen, like they're 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 really they they really need a guy that could just eat innings. I think. I think he he can do it from that that perspective coming out like two three innings out of the pen, um, but yeah that starting rotation and then they picked up Robbie they got Robbie Ray he's he's been doing okay he'll be pitching uh, I believe he'll be pitching in game three uh, against the Yankees so we'll see how well he does uh, again another guy that he's you you know what you're going to get you're going to get a lot of walks this year you're going to get a lot of strikeouts so command's a big yeah. issue. For um, but I like I like the idea of p- piggybacking him also with Jordan Mer- or J- Julian Merriweather, uh excuse me uh, that that they did in his first appearance uh, after they got into the trade deadline. It's it's a team that that once they figure out the the pit- pitching aspect they're going to be fine. Um, but like I said though this this Yankee series is going to pretty much show how well the bats will will perform in the in the postseason because you're going up against. Well, two aces, pretty much.
0: Yeah. Now, a guy that you guys did have as a starter, who seemed to be a guy that always battled and would try to give his best, well, didn't always pitch the best as a starter, has now figured it out as a reliever in uh, Ryan Borucki. So, for you guys, and for just in general, uh, seeing a guy that seems like he's one of those heart and soul puts all the working guys, you like to see those guys uh, figure it out. Uh, and you have another guy like that in Anthony Bass, who's one of the top relievers in all of baseball this year, and is a very, very fun to watch with how he's dominating and just staying aggressive. You like watching those pitchers that don't lollygag around the zone and yeah. throw one outside for two straight pitches, then go, okay, now I'm going to try to strike this guy out. That's not him. He, he, along with Cole, also on your team, has been pitching really well. That's really helped you guys uh, exactly – uh, the bullpen has been so good for uh, your team with guys that haven't, like like some guys that haven't even pitched recently in the majors much. Uh, coming back, you obviously have some good scouting when it comes to finding uh, bullpen pieces because you found guys that haven't had recent success in your bullpen and pitching coach obviously found a niche in their delivery or in their mechanics or whatever have you that made them actually get more confident and get back to where they thought these guys could pitch. And that's, very, that's a very good sign for your team moving forward because you would think that would translate to a starting rotation, too. If you can find relievers like that next year, you'd be like, how do we find, since we're a middle market team, I think I would say probably for you guys building to be a bigger market team. So you would want to save a little bit and spend a little bit elsewhere. So you're, I think you're fine, maybe the Anthony Basses of a pitching rotation which is kind of the next step you need next year. And then you have Pearson, who's ridiculous when healthy. That will be yeah. actually healthy. So that that will help. And him coming back, if he can come back to you in the postseason, I mean, that's one of those guys that becomes a Swiss Army. You, know? uh, you can kind of do what you want to do with them. He all of a sudden comes in and the other team's like, Uh oh, crap. Yep. <laughs> so that's a, he's kind of one of those guys uh, – similar for if my hometown Phillies sneak in and they shut him down because of his uh, shoulder until the postseason and all of a sudden the Phillies win the first round of postseason. And they're like, yeah, we're going to open Spencer Howard. And he actually feels fully healthy now. The other team's like, oh, so you're only going to pitch him for one inning, but he's going to give his all. Okay, this might not go good for us. Um, So anybody that can be a secret weapon for you when they're coming back from injury, no matter what team you are in the playoffs, that's a huge bonus. I mean, Scott Casimir in the twilight of his career, <laughs> he did great things in the playoffs. Uh, so did Timmy Lincecum. So, I mean, in the playoffs, you just have uh, weapons that kind of come out of nowhere and help you. But uh, moving on uh, to a couple other teams now, we have, unfortunately, uh, not for some, not for Ryan and uh, Luke, but uh, for some of us that are not very big fans of the Yankees, like uh, I believe Nick mm-hmm. is also not.
2: <laughs> so yeah.
0: they're on a five-game winning streak. And 26 and 21. They also have stand back now who, if they're smart, will not put in the field at all. <laughs> um, so we'll see what happens there. But what do you think of their prospects now four games back? Do you think they have any chance of catching Tampa or they're just going to become now likely maybe one of the teams that get in and have a chance to surprise in the playoffs because they got hot later
1: in the season? Unless Tampa goes on a horrible losing streak, I don't see them catching them. I believe that I, I believe that it's going to be a much closer race uh, for se- second place and either the fourth or the fifth spot uh, in the playoffs, uh, especially now with, like you said, Stanton's back. Uh, I believe Judge is starting to take at-bats too. Um, he's, they're starting to get their guys back healthy, and they, they, they've won games without Judge and Stanton in the lineup geez, for the past month, it seems like. It seems like it seems like every time we turn around, they're like, oh, Judge is back, and nope, nope, he's not. He's actually hurt again. Um, but no, actually having those guys back in the lineup, um, that, that'll that prove not not only will be a huge power threat. I mean, guys like Stanton, how many home runs did he hit in 2017? Like 60, 50, something? Like, it, it was ridiculous. Um, huge power bat, and then... You also, and then you got to worry, worry about that. Your, mind, your mind's on that guy, not about the other guys that have been just chipping the ball all over the field. Um, they're, they, I believe that they're going to go on a little run. Um, it's just whether whether they're going to catch the rays. I don't see it. I, I, I don't. I don't see them ca- catching the rays at all.
0: I agree with you on that. I just wanted to see uh, what your opinion also was. I don't think they're going to catch them. I think they now have a very good chance to. Of- Uh, showing that they actually have the capabilities to do something in the postseason, where before they kind of seemed like they were kind of down and out a bit a couple weeks ago this season. So where Baltimore was a team that looked like they would sneak their way in, and now they seem down and out, so we'll see if they're able to go on any runs. I haven't looked at their schedule to see how painless it is or— Whatever in the last couple of weeks. And then the secondary team I follow, we're not even going to address because uh, they're 17 to 31. Just keep losing, get that good draft, they can move on. Um, so uh, moving on, uh, Tampa, Tampa Bay is 30 and 17. Uh, they are only 5 and 5 in their last 10. But personally, I don't know if you would agree with this. I think that's just kind of a blimp on the year for them. And every team goes through a little lull period. And I think that's really all that is for me for Tampa Bay. I thought they were going to be one of the better teams coming into this year, uh, and they did have, they have done so. Uh, so I just feel like this is a blimp on the radar that every team has at a certain point, even in a 60-game season.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, going on this little, you said 5-5, five and five, like in the last 10 games, I mean, they're going to pick it up. and. If they go on a little cold streak now, more than likely they'll go on a hot streak right before the postseason. If uh, are right around the corner, they'll probably they'll, – they'll, they'll be fine, especially now with all the injuries that they've had, especially their p- pitching staff. Um, I, I, if they, they've gotten this far, they'll they'll be fine.
0: No, yeah, I agree. They're going to get uh, going. And you have um, also, before we move on from the East – we have some guys that have just been tearing the cover off the ball. I mean, well, first of all, DJ Lemayu does that every single season, uh, yeah. but he's hitting above 350 at the current moment. And then you have Teoscar Hernandez is having a ridiculous. Obviously, he has a little bit of an oblique thing going on right now, but he's having a ridiculous season for you guys. And it finally seems like you knew the gu- the guy had more to give. He was just, but he was playing solid. It's not like he was bad. But you felt like he always had more to give, and then you finally had that put together this year. And that's just how some prospects are. Some guys take a little bit longer. Some guys are late bloomers. And they're, But the but the good thing with him is it's not like he was bad and then became a late bloomer. He was an average okay player and then became very good. That's a lot better than figure, not figuring it out from being nowhere, like a Drake song, sort of from uh, the bottom. And absolutely.
1: Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. I mean, see, seeing his progression, especially over the last two years, has been incredible. Um, he's making more solid contact. Uh, the only problem is he's just got to fix that glove because that that is yeah. any any fly ball hit to right or left field, it, it's terrifying because you don't because it's either going to be dropped or it's going to be some circus catch.
0: That's true. And another guy before we move on to the NOEs, I think we should shout out is. He continues to do very well for Baltimore. As Hanzo Alberto is having another solid season, almost hitting 200, or 200, 300, excuse me. And then Verdugo, who was, of course, in the Mookie Betts trade, is actually working out another thing that I said would happen. I was like, no, Verdugo's going to be fine. He's just not Mookie Betts. <laughs> so that's the, that's the disconnect there. He's not Mookie Betts, but he's going to be a fine and dandy player, and everyone's probably going to love him because he has that Manny Ramirez-type personality swagger to him. So as long as he keeps doing good, Boston's gonna fall in love with him. It's just you don't have moving backs. Um, that's all that is there. And Devers has continued to do wonders, of course, um, for that that division as well. Now moving on to the A or the NL East, we have my Philadelphia Phillies, who are abysmal lately. You know, twenty two of uh, seven against the Marlins. Uh, they. Or in a bad spot. Reese Hoskins is probably out for the season. I mean, the UCL is not something you think is going to be easy to come back from. That's also something that eventually sometimes requires Tommy John. So you have to hope that doesn't happen. And then JT basically said he doesn't think he's going to be out long. However, he does have a hip flexor, so I would not put him at catcher. Uh, With how Andrew Knapp actually has finally kind of put things together. I would just keep JT at first since you lost your first baseman, uh, so he doesn't injure his hip again because you have much less chance of injuring your hip at first base and catching. And then put Nap behind the plate with our young prospect Rafael Marconi, who kind of reminds me of Carlos Ruiz, where he's just very good at fielding and framing and catching the ball early on in his career, but needs to work on hitting. Uh, well, that sounds exactly like Carlos Ruiz. So. I think that's a guy that people are going to fall in love with over time. I know some fans have done so from following our local area Twitter's and fan groups on from preseason because uh, the dude has a can and he's only 21 and he looks pretty confident while he's in there. And then Logan Ohoppy, he was only 20 when he was up there for preseason, also looked fairly confident when he was in there. So, catching, I'm not worried about at all. <laughs> what I'm worried oh, yeah. about with the, with the Phillies is pitching. It kind of goes back to... Oh uh, what we said, pitching, 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 and the next man up mentality. Because they haven't shown that next man up mentality that they showed from the runs of winning the division for a while to even get a wild-card spot this year when people went down. When people went down this year, it's like, oh, crap, all hell's breaking this. <laughs> like, yeah. it hasn't been at all a next man up, where now they have the Mets right behind them with a chance to catch them if they sweep them. So... Hopefully they're able to figure it out, but it's going to be tough for them because they have injuries that are pretty like bad for a team coming into it. So Reese Hoskins was getting hot, got injured. Uh, Kingery before he got injured hit a walk off, so you thought he was going to get going, and then he finally came back today and got another hit. So hopefully that can uh, get him going. But yeah, our hometown team, you guys are in a hell of a lot better shape. <laughs> But yeah, yeah. Down team. Uh, we have to now catch the Marlins after losing every game but two, five out of seven to the Marlins, uh, who are now 24 and 21, right behind the Braves. <laughs> They're three games behind Atlanta, uh, and Atlanta is down. I mean, It was 10 to nothing, but I, I don't know if it's still to uh, the Orioles of all teams. Uh, 13-1, to they're losing to the Orioles right now. So the Orioles are showing some spunk and bounce back, destroying the Atlanta Braves. That or they just hate the Braves. Uh, But either way, uh, the Orioles are one of those quirky teams. They usually beat the Yankees a couple times in the year and smoke them like they did early on, and then they get smoked in the next series. And now they're smoking the Braves, who are one of the better teams in the NL. So they're a team that always makes a lot of sense. Obviously, absolutely. I'm being <laughs> yeah. yeah, absolutely. Uh-huh. Now, in the uh, N.L. East, though, I think another team, as much as I hate to do it, you have to give a lot of props to again, is Atlanta's a team that just has gotten better as time goes on. They've also just figured out guys to add to their club where they kind of just fit in well with their team. Like obviously, adding Day or No last season has fit in very well to their clubhouse and everything. A uh, hedge of area has been a very good defensive addition because sometimes they have a couple guys they want to like. For example, when um, you play Austin Riley at third base, uh, or Duvall, who's played some third base, but that was last year when they had a lot of injuries. You would probably want Hedge of area in later in the game because those guys are not shorthanded. handed So he was a good pickup for the purpose of what he's supposed to do. And then against us, uh, against the Phillies, he's a Phillies killer. So they're probably like, "Oh, that works out perfectly." Uh, so they actually have a lot. Ender and Ciarte usually kills the Phillies. Adam Duvall usually kills the Phillies. Nick Marquez usually kills the Phillies. Freddie Freeman and Adenji have a and now Dansby Swanson, but Danby Swanson kills everybody. Yeah. So, um, like, they're just a team that's going to keep getting better. And now you have Ian Anderson, who's a beast on the mound that's just going to keep getting better unfortunately max free banged up his back a little bit but he was pitching amazing and i still think he'll come back and pitch fine and their secret weapon could be they have a couple pitchers um that are coming back soon like cole's supposed to start wednesday so if cole hamels comes back and starts looking pretty good that's a that's a different game changer for them as well so it's going to be interesting to see how he steps in. Because if, if a veteran comes in and plays pitches, even to like a 3-5 ERA, that he's a guy that you know usually gives you five and a half to six innings and actually doesn't make you have to tax your bullpen. So that's a very big addition for them as we talk about secret weapon type guys that teams aren't really thinking of. Cole Hamels is probably one of those people. Wouldn't you agree?
1: Oh, Absolutely. Uh, especially when you start talking talk playoffs. I mean, Cole Hamels, veteran guy, he'll – like you just said, he'll give you some innings. Um I believe he's done pretty well in the postseason in the past. Um I can't quite remember his yeah, he's the main ERA reason. and stuff off. The... Yeah, <laughs> like, and nine struggle, but
0: he's the main reason we
1: won. Yeah, like like he like I don't like I know he, his ERA, it's not the best, but it's not it's not the worst. I mean it's probably hovering around like a three five or something like that in the in his postseason career. He's he's a dude he'll he, he'll 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 be able to he'll he'll be able to light a fire under under uh, some of the young guys, especially uh, a, like he'll go out there have if he has a good good inning, it might be able to spark up Acuna, I'll be Swanson, it'll it'll be able to get them going for the top half of the inning or the bottom half of the inning, whatever, uh, whenever they're batting. Uh, I think I think the most interesting aspect for this to watch for this postseason is how well Ian Anderson will do. Uh, if he does get the start for, uh, what, one of the games, um, especially being first year, how old is he? Like 20, 23, 24 years old, so, yeah. something like that. Yeah. So he'll, I think seeing him, seeing how he does in that big environment will also be another yeah. really big key factor into seeing how this team will, will they be able to somehow get better than they already are, um.
0: So. That's entirely true. He stepped up in his first game uh, and made me and my buddy who run a uh, Patreon for capping uh, look pretty stupid because he freaking pitched a no hitter for what, four or five innings. It's a damn Yankees. Uh, that's also a good movie if you want to check it out. Uh, so, old school movie about the Yankees it's called Damn Yankees.
2: Um, <laughs>
0: but uh, anyway, uh, yeah, Ian Anderson, uh, he just reminds me of a guy. That comes up right away, almost like when you saw the Strasburgs, the Coles come up. Like It's kind of just like you see in his face, even when guys get on base, nothing phases the kid. It seems like he's just like, okay, I just got to get right back to this guy, pitch how I know I'm supposed to pitch this guy from studying before the game, and move on. And that's very good to see in a very young uh, – I look, though, he's a 22, uh, and then you have Max Fried, who's also, I believe, 20, 20 – uh, but I think he's a 25, 26-year-old. Yeah, he's 26. Um so you have two very young studs and then you have Soroka, who got injured and then people haven't even uh talked about him in a while, and now you have Hamels coming back. Um obviously Soroka's pretty much out for the year. They also have a guy that they thought would be fairly good in Tuki Tucson, who's just been very inconsistent. So if he can hone it a little bit, that also is really gonna do wonders for that team. But in terms of um, – if you look at the NL to the AL, though, when you look at the leaders, for me at least, it's a little bit funny for the uh, – looking at the uh, AL or the NL East because the NL East, you have a bunch of guys. You have two Nationals guys and three Mets guys in a bunch of high-hitting stats, yet both of those teams are in the bottom of the division. You have Juan Soto with a three fifty-four average. And he has 11 homers and 31 RBIs. Then his buddy, Trey Turner, has 348 average of 9 homers and 28 RBIs on the uh, worst team in the division right now. And then you have, well, Michael Conforto doesn't surprise me. The just knows how to hit him since he's come up. But 343, 931. Dominic Smith is the biggest, uh, you're talking about a comeback player of the year type guy there. I mean... The dude's hitting three thirty three at 38 RBIs and eight home runs, and a, and a 1.033 OPS. So, yeah, yeah, that's a compact player of the year uh, right there. And then Jeff McNeil uh, continues to do. I mean, that's not surprising. He's one of the best contact hitters in the league. Because you have to go down to uh, nine, ninth in average, and then when you go to RBIs, Azuna's up there. Um, he's at .318, .14, and forty three. He's doing great. I mean, the... Both of these Eastern divisions, they really have a lot of fun hitters to watch and pitchers to watch uh, so far. I mean, even on the Nationals that are a struggling team, since he started to figure it out some, Mad Max has kind of reverted back again to being him, where he started the season pretty off, and everybody had no idea what the heck was going on there. So mm-hmm. um, that that's very good to see for uh, Nationals fans going in the next year. But an interesting thing I had with that is, would you debate shutting him down when you're down and out since he's had so much tax on his arm over the years and he finally showed signs of that this season? Would Where it might be smart to just say, we're done, let's call it, uh, on you so we have you for next year at full
1: speed. That That might be smart to do, but... I would not be the one to try to tell Max Scherzer that. I, I, I think that he'd refuse. I mean, he, he just just the, just the when you see him out on the mound, and then when you see him in the dugout, there's an intensity there that is just absolutely like if you see it as an opposing team, you're terrified. It, it, it's an immediate terror factor. Always locked in, never wants to leave the game. Um, just a complete competitor. I, if if I was a if I was management. Would I consider it? Maybe. Would I go through with it? Probably not, because that he he's a guy that, I mean, if you if you want to if if you want to show if you want to show the team, hey, you know, we can still do well. You got to have him pitch, and you got to have him, you, you got you got to have him go out there every fifth day to show to show not not only not only your team but the league, like, hey, you know, we still have the tools. This is one of our tools, and we have faith in them. So. I, I i would i wouldn't
0: gotcha yeah yeah it's gonna be interesting uh i wouldn't do it more to show you don't have faith and it would be more to not have him screw himself over for no next yeah year. yeah because he's finally showed wear and tear and you don't want to when you think you can kind of this is just a blink in the road season that's a wash for you but you still have a good team you don't want to keep uh pushing it per se but I mean, the guy still has a pretty good season. He's tied first for strikeouts uh, since he's kind of got his stuff going with DeGrom, who, again, is the, probably going to be, if he's not the Cy Young, he's going to be top three in Boats. Uh, with another guy that's in the same division, that's probably going to be top three in Boats if he comes back from that back and continues to pitch how he was pitching. And uh, Max Fried, because um, the likelihood there is Bauer, Darvish, DeGrom, and Fried are going to be your uh competition in that Cy Young if it stays the same because all those guys were in the ones where Noah and Wheeler who are of course both in the east are 240 and 247 uh ERA so it depends how these other pitchers do if their ERAs come down into the four or in the fours into the twos um and then a guy that obviously has uh been struggling a bit this year, which is kind of sad to see. Obviously, as a Phillies fan, I'm not the biggest care if a guy struggles in the Nationals. I just always like Patrick Corbin. Corbin, I don't really know where that came from. Uh, the dude's usually pretty consistent. Um, I have a feeling this is just one of those years. Uh, the Nationals are off. The morale of that team's a little off compared to last year. Everybody was hung-ho and happy and jolly this year. They went so low so early. That it kind of knocked them off their mojo. Um, so I don't know if you would agree, but I would say yeah. they'll probably bounce back next year and play a fairly decent baseball team.
1: No, absolutely. Um, I think not having Anthony Rendon in that lineup is also a huge hurt. Um, I mean, he—if you look—I don't. If you look at Adam from last year, you had Soto, Turner, and then Rendon in there. Now you take Rendon out and you place—I believe it's Anthony Keyboom. Or Sp- Spencer Kieboom uh, at third base, and I mean he's going to be good. I mean I I I truly believe he's going to be good, but I mean that's you obviously right now you would like Anthony Rendon, yeah R- Rendon in that spot.
0: Year, at least the cover. Yeah, once you lose a star like that, sometimes you have to figure it out for a year or so, and also the other guy isn't fully developed yet, as you said. Yeah. Uh, he still has holes in his swing. He has to uh, hone in uh, as time goes on. But I agree. I think he will still be a very very solid player for them. But I think we kind of went through who the stars of the division have been this year and a couple guys that have been playing a little bit lesser than we thought they would. Um, so uh, I don't know if you have any uh, closing wrap-up points as we head into the final couple weeks stretch of this season uh, in the Eastern divisions.
1: Um, not really. Uh, the only things that I would say that would be key points to look out for is what uh, would, would be, the bullpens of the uh, of well not 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 the Braves their bullpen's pretty solid but the bullpens of the Mets and the Phillies uh, if they are going to try to make that jump to make it uh, into the postseason uh, keep keep an eye on them because they're they've been str- struggling over the past actually the whole the whole year actually they came up uh, if you take out if you take J- Jacob Degrom just away from their p- pitching staff their ERA I believe I believe their team ERA uh, is up and around like the six area uh, like the six like. Six five to seven, um, I believe, is the last time I saw it. Uh, so you, that's something to look out for. The Phillies, I think you can attest, their bullpen has not been no, has yeah. not been the greatest. Blake um, so. Parker
0: has been the only guy that's been consistent. And if anybody said Blake Parker was going to be our best reliever before the season, I would look at them like, what are you talking about? <laughs> but, uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, he's uh, one of the best. Re- not even on our team, he's pitching uh, like one of the better relievers in the game this year. Oh. Absolutely. Oh, which is, yeah, very. Uh, he kind of flashed it back to his old Angels days, which is very good for us because everybody else, other than Jojo Romero, who's a rookie, have not looked very good when we're kind of counting on a rookie and a 34 uh, year old veteran uh, that uh, hasn't been good for a couple of years that's figured it out. It's great to see, but we just hope you hit that right on. The, hey, Hector Neers needs to figure it out. Tommy Hunter went into a gigantic slump. And uh, Morgan just came back, so there's not really much of a comment on there yet. Um, So we got to have everybody kind of come into place. And the same, you're right, the same does go for the Mets because the Mets have some guys going back and forth this year between the rotation and Penn because of guys getting banged up and all that. So that also did not help their equation too much.
1: Absolutely. And uh, the only other thing on the AL side I would add would be keep an eye on how how big of a run that the Yankees would go on, um, especially getting Stanton back. And I think Judge is right around the corner. Getting those two guys back in the lineup, see how well they do, uh, and then keep an eye on this. Uh, keep, keep an eye on the Blue Jays-Yankees series, uh, especially how well their bats do, because that is going to be a great indicator on how well that they're going to perform, how far they're going to go in this offseason. If they're going to, if they're going to strike out eight times, eight ten times like they did against uh, Degrom, they're not going to get very far. You only got three hits against them, and you got one run that's not going to get you far in the postseason, especially with this start starting pitching. Um, so keep keep an eye on that. Keep, keep an eye on the Yankees. Um, if you're a Rays fan, you're going to be fine. They're, they're, they're going to be fine. Um, the Orioles team
0: with the next man up. Uh, the Yankees finally figured out after a few games uh, the next man up mentality. I mean, we saw in our group chats uh, the Yankees fan. Yeah. uh going on their tie rates because they couldn't figure that out uh Toronto and uh Tampa have had that already because Tampa's had injury to the pitching uh pool after pitching pool injury and then Toronto's had a couple for their pitching pool and also obviously key players like Bo Bichette and now Pay Oscar and it's season is out for a couple of days week. so yeah um but yeah that's, I think our full. Um, show for today of Cheap Cheap Shatter for the Eastern Division. Thanks everybody for listening. We'll be back next week as we come into the final home stretch of the season. It's very exciting with right now three teams really competing uh, there in the tops of the divisions. But next week with how this season has been going, who the heck knows? There definitely could be four if teams go on a run. Right now Baltimore is destroying the Braves. So uh, no, I don't know if anyone would have saw that coming in. Something in the water this year. Uh, Mm -hmm. So Uh, Everyone have a great, safe day. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy the games and keep slugging it, everybody.
1: Once again, this is OTH Cheap Seats Chatter on Twitter. We are at OTH underscore Cheap Seats. We'll be giving you baseball highlights, our takes there. Our takes will be on this podcast going four days a week as we spoke to in the show but uh, if you really like baseball, you enjoy what we're giving you, you should go check out our partners at Dugout Mugs. That's dugoutmugs.com. They make mugs out of the barrel of baseball bats. It's a great gift for any baseball fan or, let's be honest, for yourself if you're a baseball fan. So, once again, dugoutmugs.com. <laughs>